0: Hey guys, it's Ed, and I am coming to you from the Temporary Drunk Class up Studios here in Detroit. And first of all, I'm hoping, really hoping, um, that I can go back to saying in New York fairly soon. Um, uh, everything seems to be heading that way, so yay. Um, and I'm hoping to drop the Temporary from the um from the opening um relatively quickly but and again that seems to be heading that way too so um that being said we are gonna do something a little bit different today um all last week we closed the show with Miley Cyrus stories And, you know, it was the big story of the week. Well, unless I'm much mistaken, I think the big story of this week um, is going to be much similar tone. Uh, But um, much, much different than, um, um, than the Miley Cyrus Liam Hemsworth breakup. So, we're going to start the show with some Miley Cyrus news today. Um, And, uh, you know, this is just... uh, This story is just one of those stories that... It irritates my soul, but... I get it in a in a certain way. Um, it irritates my soul because the headline was very misleading. Um, the headline from page six was this: Miley Cyrus spotted basically having sex with Caitlin Carter and West Hollywood Club. okay. I mean basically having sex scenes like their clothes were off or you know fingers were somewhere um you know things like that. That's not what happened. And I I looked at Dave when I read the headline and I said they were probably just kissing. And that's exactly what it was, they were just kissing. I don't know how kissing became basically having sex, Um, but you know that is what it is. Um, Here is what their source told them: they were obsessed with each other. Uh, This is about Caitlyn Carter, by the way. By Alexander and Caitlyn Carter. I don't remember if I said that or not. Um, they were, they were obsessed with each other. They couldn't keep their hands off each other. They were kissing and making out everywhere. In the bathroom, at the bar, in the middle of the floor, they were basically having sex. There's no question they're together. Um, okay, you know, I've been there. Um, I'm gonna just detour this a little bit and tell a little anecdote. I was seeing this guy... Uh, just a little bit before He Who Does Not Exist um, we, we dislike him even more than we dislike Taylor Swift um, he doesn't even get a damn it uh, He Who Does Not Exist doesn't even get a damn it I mean at least Taylor Swift has some redeeming qualities he has none um, anyways so I was dating this guy um, just before He Who Does Not Exist And we had just this overwhelming chemistry. We really did basically have sex in the restaurant where we were. Um, You know, it was just one of those things. Um, uh, The chemistry was overwhelming. Unfortunately, we just were not. We were not made for one another. Um, We're still friends. We still talk to this day but I think sometimes you really just do have this overwhelming chemistry with people maybe that's the case with Miley and Caitlin you know they're both going through breakups and maybe they're just relying on one another and they realize oh hey fuck we have chemistry you know it it really does happen and it really does happen at the with the strangest people at the strangest times in your life um, and their source said they were making it all over the place and didn't care who saw yeah again I totally get it um, I'm right there with Miley Um, and you know and I just realized this um, I was having a conversation with a friend about breakups and whatnot. And he was... We were talking, because he listens to the show. You know who you are. Thank you for listening. I didn't know he listened until we talked about it. But he was talking about how, you know, I said that Miley keeps getting the blame for the breakup, and I didn't think it was fair. And he said that that might have been a little bit of a... um, a little bit of a projection on my part because I get blamed for the breakups. Um, Even with he who does not exist, um, even though he initiated the breakup, um, a lot of people still look at me and say, well, you know, if you did this different or if you did that different or, you know, whatever, he would have stayed. And he's like, but, you know, when you actually dig deeper... The person getting the blame is very rarely the person who actually deserves to have the blame laid at their feet. And that actually made me feel much, much better. And I'm going to feel much, much better once I get some coffee. So I'm going to take a break and I'm going to come right back to you. And I'm back. So the Whitney Williams and 50 Cent feud is my favorite that I've covered in all my time as a celebrity journalist. Little side note here, okay? I'm not a fucking celebrity journalist. I cover gossip. That's what we do. That's what we cover. I am not a fucking celebrity journalist. But apparently that's the PC way of, of saying that we're a, a gossip columnist or a gossip podcast or a gossip blogger now. And I just hate it. You know, we would not have called Hedda Hopper or Liz Smith, God rest their souls, a celebrity journalist. We would have called them, or we did call them gossip columnists because that's what they were. That's what I am. And I wear that badge proudly. Okay, weird, weird Ed Mini Rant over. <laughs> Um, But the reason why they're my favorite is because I don't really believe that either one of them are doing this for publicity. I really feel like they just truly hate one another. Uh, I don't know why or what's there, but this is a feud that I really just feel like, oh my god, these two fuckers actually hate one another. This is not a press Hilton, Lady Gaga feud where they were best friends. And then they both needed to drum up some page views or, you know, sell some albums or movie tickets. This was... um, This is a situation where um, it's really not good for either one of them. Because Wendy is probably the only person who... um, is willing to interview Fiddy at this point. And Fiddy would be one of the bigger names that Wendy gets on her show. So, um, you know, (laughs) the feud is not good for anybody. You know, maybe they get a few more headlines, but honestly, I don't think that's, that's worth it. Um, that being said... Um... Their feud... as ha- another chapter this week. Um, Wendy was out... She she canceled the New Jersey show... Um, because of a scheduling conflict. That scheduling conflict apparently... Was her partying. So she tried to get into... Fiddy's... Um... Um party at Barcode on, in New Jersey on Saturday night and she was denied entry and F- Fiddy made sure to let everyone know um, what happened as he showed he put footage of her being rejected on Instagram and he captioned it you can't just show up to my party if you've been talking about me Bitch, wait outside. And... So, okay, you know. This is kind of one of those things where you... You kind of expect it. Like, okay. Um, you know, 50's really petty like that. And, you know... Whatever. Um you know, Wendy would do the exact same thing to him if the rules were reversed. So. In retaliation, allegedly, and this is according to IntiLayer over at Crazy Days and Nights, Wendy is going to use the season premiere of her show, which is usually the most watched episode of the year, to spill some of Fiddy's secrets. And as she does this, it could it could land um, 50 in jail. It could, it will definitely destroy any hopes he has of uh, reigniting his rap career. Um, because she is a is allegedly, uh, and again, this is this isn't from the current blind item about um fifteen with Wendy. Um, this goes back at least a few months, if not a year, where his ex wife has promised Wendy to give her all the dirt. And apparently it's very explosive, including the real reason for their divorce. Now, you know when when celebrities feud like this, normally it's all talk and the blinds just turn out to be a little drizzle. But N.T. has been spot on with everything he said about uh, the Wendy Williams and 50 Cent Feud. So I am fully expecting a huge, huge, huge blowout here. And I think that this is going to be one for the record books. (laughs) You know... It's definitely. It's it's definitely something to keep in mind. Um, when. Um, when all this starts to blow up. And just a little funny story, um, about. So I read the blind them. Like I read the yesterday's vlog about Wendy and Foodie, but I read CDM first instead of reading page six first, like I normally do. Uh-huh. And I was like, "What in the world? How did? Because the the vlog basically said after what the rapper did, um, he better watch out." And I was like, what did 50 do? You know, I honestly, I just figured it was something stupid, which it kind of was. But you know what I mean? Like, I didn't think it was anything like this. And rejecting her from the party is one thing. But I think putting it on Instagram, that's what's going to keep. That's what's going to fuel everything. Because she's going to be like, hmm, Girl. You think you somebody because you kicked me out of your party and put it on your little Instagram? I have twenty million people watching me, and they're gonna find out your little secrets. It, and that's the whole thing. And that right there is, um, it is what the motivating factor is. I think. Uh you know, is she really? really um does not like to be embarrassed we've seen what she did to her ex-husband and she loved him she has never loved so she's going to desecrate him and if you're wondering what the secrets are I'm going to give you a little hint gay violent and possibly criminal activity but for a, as you muster your thoughts on those three things, I'm going to take a break, and I'm going to come right back. And I'm back. And this segment is a little bit of a humble brag. Um. So. Every single one of us loves being right. I think we can all. I think we can all agree to that. Um, and, it seems like I've been way ahead of the curve when it comes to certain stories. Especially those based on ABC. Um, uh, the Megan McCain, obviously, is the biggest um, of them all that I broke, um, And then, um, a potential for the soap revival is a very close second. And the third one that I broke, um, before anybody else, um, and I did it again during the Upfront uh, special, so if you haven't listened to it, go listen to the Upfront special. Uh, I'm assuming at this point most... Most people have listened to it, though. Um, so, <sighs> I said that um, ABC loved Katie Seagull. Um, they're developing a show for her, and they really wanted her to come back for multiple episodes of season two of The Connors. And that they would make it work um, no matter what they had to do. TV line yesterday confirmed uh, what I what I said. Um, and just as I said, um, ABC Disney really does want um, Kitty Seagull to return to the Connors for a multi episode arc um at this time details of the plot are not quite known um it is likely that um they're hoping to introduce her as a love interest for Dan Um, it'll be, it'll have been a year when the show returns since Roseanne died. And, unless they do something screwy with the time. Um, but it'll have been about a year. And, um... They... They really don't know... Um... I I shouldn't say they don't know. What they need to do is they need to fill in more episodes. So it could just be, you know, like a buddy... type thing, like, um... Like what he has with Chuck and, um... Chuck's wife, I forgot her name. I keep wanting to call her Lorraine, but I, I... I think I'm thinking of... Uh, family guy with that. Um, but Chuck and his wife. Or uh like Sandra Bernhard when she was on the show. You know, um, just friends. I don't necessarily think it'll be a love story. Although it, it definitely could be. Um, Katie Skull and John Goodman have chemistry and they're both fantastic actors who can really sell anything that they're put into. Uh, so, so there's definitely that to look at. I, um, Sarah Gilbert, um, well, if I, at some point before the end of the, um, first season, had raved about musicals uh, but you know, in her initial statement, she said, "You know, Katie's going off to do this new show. We don't know if we're going to have the availability for her." Uh, so, you know, that's always a a bummer. But um. You know, um, some things happen. Um, the network passed on Katie Segal's... The, the pilot that they were presented for Katie Segal's um, show. However, they didn't knock it out of the contention. This is the third time... I think, it's, yeah, it has to be like the second or third time that they've, they've passed on it but kept it in production and kept Katie attached to it. Um, the first time it was just the the entire cast was all wrong, so they recast, reshot. um this time it was just they they weren't quite in love with the premise. And also keep in mind that um the regimes changed, so what seemed like a slam dunk at first, um changed to um, something a little bit more iffy with um, when it came to this new regime. But the new regime st- still gave Katie a high marks for her, for her portrayal, and um, they asked for it to be re- redeveloped and reshot. So that is happening... But it also frees up Katie to go beyond the corners. Um and I, I should have done this um, before I recorded the segment. But I'm guessing part of the reason why they kept it in development... Is so they could keep her on contract and stop her from signing as a lead somewhere else. Um, and so they could, you know, perhaps utilize her talent... On the Connors, because I think the rating shot up when she did her guest spot. So, and just before I end this segment, I just wanted to tell you guys what my dream scenario is. It'll never happen because I'm sure um, that these, that the rates were already signed away. But, my dream scenario was, or is, for Katie to actually be a recast Roseanne. Can you imagine the heads that would explode? I don't, first of all, I don't think Katie would ever do that, but that would be one way to get a lot of attention for the show really fast and speaking of getting attention i need to give my coffee some love so i'm gonna take a break and i'm gonna come right back and i'm back so this this segment is gonna be kind of a two-in-one um because it's it's just gonna cover a little bit of gossip nothing that's interesting but I also want to tell you about a run-in I had um, with one of the people in the story. Um, Because I just think it's really funny. Um, So, over the weekend, Fat Joe was celebrating his 49th birthday. And he got the likes of Drake and French Montana to show up and uh, party with him. Now, there's nothing scandalous about that. Um, Drake and French are both over the age of 21. Um, Both are very successful artists in their own right. I mean, Drake obviously is the leading global music superstar of the moment. And French Montana is, you know, is a very popular rapper. So, um, you know, they were hanging out, chilling, whatever, at the birthday party. Nothing happened, you know, like, nothing scandalous happened. Um... But it it is nice that the three of them can get together and three of them can get together and um, have some fun. Um, you know, throw back some drinks. And, you know, just have a guy's night out without there being any raping of the women or, you know, harassing women or anything like that. That being said, I have actually run into Fat Joe myself. Um and let's just say I he's not a big fan of me. <laughs> I know, it's so shocking. So let me explain what happened here. Um my friend had asked me to go shoe shopping with her. And being the good gay that I am, I said, of course I'll go with you. And so we were out on the Lower East Side. And she was looking for a very specific brand of shoes. Huh. Um, I won't give them any publicity because I don't like them. <laughs> so, but we were she and I were walking and talking and being goofy, and as Mandy and will and Dave and everyone else will attest, I'm goofy i you know I'm just one of those silly people, and when you when you mix goofy with bitchy. Sometimes you're gonna run into trouble <laughs> would not be enough to stop me coughing um, so we mixed um we we were walking and there's this group of dudes ahead of us in my mind, they were being really obnoxious and I've come to realize that they probably actually weren't being obnoxious. It was probably just, I was irritated um, because that day it was hot. Um, And my friend was not, um, I'm trying to say this nicely. She held certain beliefs But I didn't feel like she lived up to those beliefs, Um, and so we were being goofy. But I was on the inside; I was getting a little irritated, Um, and I honestly I was I think I just wanted to be home. But so, anyways. So so they were being obnoxious and one started laughing. So as a goofy bitchy gay will do, I mocked him. And he turned around and gave a really nasty look. And as I often do, I don't think before I take action. And I gave a really nasty look back. And... We got to the shoe store, or we were just about to get to the shoe store. And my friend looked at me and she goes, do you know who that is? I was like, no, I don't give a fuck. And she she looked at me and she goes, that's Fat Joe. And pulled me into the store before I could cause any more trouble. (laughs) Oh, oh my. (laughs) Uh, So yes, that was my encounter with Fat Joe. Like I said, he's probably not a fan of mine. To which I say, join the club. One of these days, I'll tell you about my run-in with Jill Zarin. Y'all need to prepare for that one. <laughs> um, but for right now, I'm going to take a break. And I'm going to come right back. And I'm back. So, one of the things that... um. One of the things that I really, truly believe is that rejection is part of being a writer. If you're not rejected, if you don't get notes sent back to you, um, then either you're very, very rich, um, very, very famous, or you're not even trying. Uh, And what brings this up is, I have a friend. Um, Friend is a strong word. We're social media friends. And my friend had sent out her manuscript to romance. And she got rejected. And was very upset by this. Uh, and she, you know she was like, oh, "I'm not. I'm never gonna make it as a writer." You know, blah blah blah. And I said, "No, it was. It was maybe it was the book. Maybe it was the you know, maybe the premise didn't quite work for. Um, for these publishers, maybe. Um, you know, the hook of the book didn't quite work." You know, but there are there are so many things that could lead to the rejection. But still, she was very discouraged and rejection hurts. We all know this, rejection sucks. So, You know, as we were talking, I was. she's like, you've never been rejected. I was like, I've been rejected by a lot of publishers. Yes, I've had offers for book contracts, but I've also been rejected. Um, my book, Shape of Love, was shopped around and rejected. Um, because without giving away too much of the plot the story um the story is not one that had been talked about before and it was not presented in the context of um it it was not a seedier story it was a very sweet almost chaste uh plot. Especially for someone like me who writes erotica. And who... You know, really, um, leans into the sexy part of things. Um. And... So... you know um, you know when that was rejected I felt really sad and then I decided to self publish Um, you know there's a whole long story Um, it did get accepted at at one house Um, but the terms of their contract as I've stated before were not um, they were not conducive to what I felt was um, going to be beneficial to me long-term or even short-term. Outside of um, the cachet of saying, you know, I'm a traditionally published author um, with, with this house, there was no, there was no real big boost for me, in my opinion. And that's what I always have to tell people. This is just my opinion. It's my... Um, uh, it's my career. And I'm I'm shaping my career the way I want it shaped. Not necessarily how... Um, n- not necessarily how people think it should be. Uh, you know, because if I was shaping it like people think it should be... I would stick to one genre. I wouldn't write nonfiction. Um, you know, and that's just not who I am. I like to be scattered. I like to be all over the place. I, I'm 100% positive um, that not every single person who likes one book will like another. But I am also 100% positive that with each... With each step I take forward, um, there's uh, there's something new for me to kind of get in there and play with a little bit. I don't know if that makes any sense. Anyways, moving on. Back to rejection. Um, you know so I've I've kind of shaped my career the way I want it to Um, I was talking with Will over the weekend and I do have an idea for a book that I think um, I'm going to just do completely the opposite of Ed Um, (laughs) I'm laughing but it's it's really true Um, like literally every part of this um, every part of my plan for this book is completely anti-Ed I'm going to outline, um, I'm going to actually seek a traditional publisher for it, um, you know, just those kinds of things, uh, you know, uh, people ask, do you want an agent? No, an agent would help, certainly, um, and it would probably help sell the rights to my book a lot faster. Nobody's arguing that. I'm not arguing the opposite side of anything here. Um, What I'm saying is at this juncture we have... Uh, At this juncture, we have um, come to a standstill, more or less. Um, And so I'm going to... At this juncture, I just feel like this is the right move for me. Um, I don't know why I said standstill. don't. Anyways. um, And I'm fully prepared to be rejected. I'm fully prepared for publishers um, to shy away from this book. I'm also going in armed with a marketing plan in anticipation of this, because I will publish this book myself. And God willing, I'll have the money to um, promote it and get it sold Um, or, you know, get it in readers' hands the way I feel it deserves to be. Um, and then we... So, you know, I was talking to my friend about her book. And we were talking about rejection and all that. And... You know, I I remembered, like, Stephen King had been rejected, I don't even know how many times, until all it took was one publisher to say yes, and now he is one of the best-selling authors of all time, but when he was shopping around Harry, it was just a novella, and nobody wanted to buy it. But when he got that, yes, it completely changed his entire life. And, you know, I know people are, people always think, oh, you know, you just say these things. No, I don't just say these things. There are there are a lot of um, there's a lot of proof of this. J.K. Rowling was rejected, I think, like 28 times before she got her yes. And the cherry on top of that, Sunday, Harry Potter, and. The um, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone has outsold the Bible. Let that sink in. 28 publishers said no to J.K. Rowling. And now she's outsold the Bible. All it takes is one yes. But to get to that yes, you have to go through the no's. And to be a writer, you have to have a thick skin. And that's just what I keep wanting to emphasize to, to all my writer friends, all, all my writer listeners. All it takes is one yes. But you're going to have to hear no first. And I'm going to have to take a break, and I'm going to have to come right back. And I'm back. And as I promised, um, this is going to be very similar to the Miley Cyrus, Liam Hemsworth story, um, but also kind of different. And um, it will also be the subject of the Throwback Thursday segment on Wednesday. So, for years... Katie Holmes and Jamie Foxx's relationship... ...has been an open secret. Um... You know, it. I it, It's just one of those things where... ...we all knew... ...um... ...and we all talked about it... ...but they just never confirmed. Until this year at the Met Gala where they finally made their first official public appearance together. And it will apparently be their last uh, public appearance together as a couple, because they have split up. But there's, there's so much more to this story. Um... Uh, then what makes the eye? So, um, we're gonna save a lot of, a lot of the background for, uh, a, a Katie Holmes, um, deep dive, I think. Because, frankly, she is just one of those people who you don't really think would be fascinating. But yeah, she's fascinating, um... Um, she, she really has done the impossible. Um, she escaped from Scientology and they haven't come after her, which is really, really surprising to me because Scientology goes after everybody. i you know, I'm not being facetious about this. They are uh, a very powerful organization, Uh, and I I refuse to call them a religion, even though that's what they're classified as for some reason. They're more like a terrorist group. Um, That being said, this is not a Scientology deep dive yet. <laughs> so Kitty Holmes and Jamie Fox were a very low-key couple. Because they had a lot of mixed in drama already. Um especially since Tom Cruise and Jamie Foxx were uh, friends at one point in life. And... Um... This will be more of the subject of the... Um... Of the Throwback Thursday segment. But basically, Tom Cruise was pissed. And some say that the whole reason why he doesn't see Surrey is because... Um... It's more because of this. Because he didn't want to see Katie and Jamie together. Uh, And Katie kind of avoided being seen in public. Or embarrassing Tom in any real way. um, In order to save her divorce settlement. And her contract expiration. Again, we'll get to that later. Um, But, over the weekend... Over the weekend, Jamie Foxx was spotted with a new gale tail being very lovey and not, um, not very faithful to Katie Holmes. And that set the gossip machine into overdrive about why that was. Um, and... Finally they confirmed their split and allegedly they've been apart for months. Um Katie Holmes uh, was out with with some friends um, at a at a really fancy restaurant, and uh, allegedly she was overheard saying, "What Jamie does is his business." We haven't been together for months. One of her other friends confirmed to Page Six that they had broken up in May. Ah, uh, and. You know, this all kind of goes back to, you know, they were together for, like, six years. But this is not the first time that Jamie Foxx has been um, accused of cheating on Katie Holmes. Um... In fact, um, um, there was there were a couple times throughout the years where he was seen with other Gale pals, um, and it and. People kind of gave him a sideways glance, um, but you know, the two always ended up reconnecting, or at least, or at least, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Giving the appearance that they were still together. Uh, and some people have speculated that the whole reason why um, they did this is because both of them wanted to, they, they both wanted the relationship to last a little bit longer than what it lasted with Tom Cruise. Because Tom Cruise is very competitive. And, you know, this was just another way for them to stick to him, in a way. Um, There's also um, a rumor floating around that got back to me. And I do want to say this, this is just a rumor... Um unless I talk to Katie Holmes or Jamie Foxx themselves, so I'm not gonna be able to verify this. But um this is rumor going around the streets of Manhattan that um the real reason for the breakup is Katie was pushing for more of a commitment and wanting to get married. And Jamie was not about that life. Um, now again, I I do want to just repeat, this is just an East Village rumor. And not something I've independently verified. Um, but given what I know um, about the whole situation, I'm going to... um, I'm going to say that the premise is probably right. The people are reversed, though. Um, I think Jamie probably wanted something more of a commitment. um, Possibly even a marriage. Whereas Katie did not because whatever alimony or spousal support that she's getting from Tom Cruise uh, would stop the minute um, she gets married to somebody else. Um, Again, I don't know this for a fact. It's just a hunch I have. Um... But with Tom Cruise being worth so much money and wanting his secrets kept, it would not be all that surprising that he would pay his ex-wife to keep them. Um, some people have said that's how Nicole Kidman, during her career dry spell, um, continued to live. Um... But she had a little bit more ammunition as their marriage lasted just a little bit longer um than Katie and Tom's did. So we're gonna obviously stay on top of this story. Um I think what we might do is like a throwback Thursday Katie Holmes deep dive. Cause I think that would be interesting, don't you? Um, so that's what we're going to do Thursday, and, um, that's going to do it for me for today. Thank you all so much for listening, as always, and until next time, cheers.